Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you haven't already gotten my free gift, I would love to gift it to you. It's called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, uh, prosperity, and purpose. Uh, and you can get that at SensitiveSoulGuide.com. And uh, today we're going to be talking about waking up to your true self. Now, a lot of people have been, you know, on social media talking about waking up, right? But what is it to be, you know, waking up in terms of what you think is truth in the world versus waking up to your true self? And that's what we're going to discuss today with my guest, Indra Rensler. So we're going to tell you a little bit more about what we're discussing today. And because this is a live show, you can call in live number to call in live is 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190 and hit one. And if you happen to be online and not on the phone, you can also put your comment or question in the chat. So I've opened that up as well. Don't be shy. Feel free to uh, you know share some perspective for our guests, questions for our guests, comments for our guests, and at around the halfway mark, uh, we'll be opening up the phone lines in case anyone would like uh, maybe some, you know, mini coaching or, um, you know, has a perspective and you want to discuss that a little bit with our guests, that'd be really, really cool. So let's tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. So, you know, um, Andrew talks about how, you know, our survival drive as humans is a lens that keeps us navigating life. Uh, you know, I like to call it ego. Some people call it the mind or the personality. And we have the survival drive. And then we kind of sometimes get mixed up thinking that, you know, that um, this, this mind or this ego is who we really are. You know, like I am a five foot four, you know, woman who is highly sensitive, who's Chinese, like that's who I am, right? Like, but maybe it's not. And uh, maybe personal and spiritual growth uh, has very little to do with what we've manifested as our form in the outside world. Maybe we're not our thoughts. Maybe we're not our emotions. Maybe we're not our bodies. And how does that help us, right? How does that help us if we aren't? or no longer identifying with these things, maybe it's a misidentification. Uh, maybe that's why so many of us struggle with connecting to the divine 24-7, because we keep re-identifying with our experience in the outer world and maybe not who we truly are. So maybe the spiritual path becomes a process of surrendering all these concepts that we've been conditioned, um, held to, um, sometimes addicted to, <laughs> Uh, for most of our lives and maybe shifting that can really connect us truer to our true selves, to the divine, to our divine selves, and then help us really experience that future reality, which is, of course, my big thing is like, you know, that future reality of love, light, truth, and, um, you know, prosperity and joy and peace and harmony for all the world. Maybe connecting with our true selves is the path to manifesting that and helping others do that as well. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest. So Indra Rensler is a lifetime spiritual seeker. He's a healer and teacher who offers life readings for clients. Astrology and the Enneagram of personality are the main modalities that he shares. He's been studying astrology and spirituality for about 50 years. He's first learned of the Enneagram of personality in 1999. So he uses these two modalities individually and in combination. His focus is to help clients to wake up to who they really are to live beyond their conditioned stories and live more in the moment. 
Now, I, for one, am not uh, very well versed in either astrology or Enneagrams, although I know I've been to uh, people like Penny Pierce who are more into that kind of thing. Um, So this should be really interesting, and I will go ahead and say welcome, Indra, to the call. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, tell us a bit about your story. Like, how'd you grow up? How'd you get into this spiritual stuff? Well, uh, I grew up in Manhattan. Uh, you said you're living in northern New York. I grew up in Manhattan and uh, basically couldn't wait to get out of there. Uh, my parents passed of natural causes two years apart in my early 20s. My mother took sick a week after I graduated college, and uh, by the time two years later and my father passed on, also from natural causes, I was uh, moving to California. And uh, when I got to California, I found a completely new world. Uh, Natural food stores and metaphysical bookstores, and I started uh, seeking, I suppose. Uh, I I, I realized that... um, um uh, that when you walk into a room you could feel more than you could see on the material plane on the physical plane there was more energy and a depth of energy that you couldn't uh, that was not only physical plane based and as soon as you open yourself up to the possibility that there's more that there there that there are other worlds or uh, deeper levels then anything is possible and uh I started seeking on the spiritual path. I didn't have a particular um, trauma that occurred. I don't have that particular story, but uh, I just started diving in. I ended up living in a spiritual community, an ashram, for 20 years. And uh, when I graduated from that, um, that's when I found the Enneagram, and I started being a world traveler. I have only spent one winter in America since '98. Uh, minus these last COVID years where we haven't traveled. But I got to travel the world for 20 years, spending most of the winters in India and uh, sitting with teachers there and having really deep experiences everywhere in the world. And um, I always wanted to do astrology, and uh, it became my time, and somehow it combined with Enneagram, which... I almost knew in the 70s, it was just getting started then, I was like very close, one step away of separation to it. I I call my approach science intuition, that it has a scientific part of it. Uh, It's, you know, maybe some people don't believe astrology, that's fine, you don't have to believe it, it's still true. But uh, the approach is science and intuition together, and the intuition comes in uh, when uh, the client, I feel the client, the higher side of the client speaking to me, in, in a sense, asking me to communicate things that they need to hear on the physical plane. And so the process is one of awakening for the clients. It's a, it's a transcendental experience that they go, uh, 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 they go, they change uh, depth, they change levels in order to to be able to see who they really are. And uh, my story has just been um, going deeper and deeper into spiritual teachings, into my real self, into into seeking and being a seeker. Mm, 
Great. Now, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's lived 20 years in an ashram. So what, if you don't mind, what what is that like? So what's like a day-to-day there? And how does one graduate and go back to the quote-unquote real, real world? Well, uh so uh yeah that yeah that's fine to ask um it was a it was a spiritual community so it had it had families we 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 uh was married when i went and uh, unmarried you know separated when i left uh it was kind of all came apart at the same time the kids grew up and the and the wife wanted to do other things and and we had kind of done what we could with each other which was had a beauty to it we we celebrated the end by celebrating our 25th anniversary, oh. but uh, the day to day life was uh, was you know there was meditation there was an expe- expectation and a, and a and a desire to meditate uh, 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 in the morning and in the afternoon we had particular techniques. Uh, it was a well known Indian teacher that was the guru who who had had passed on already, but uh, is very well known and. Uh, it was, um, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of ashrams and experiences. Mine wasn't, didn't look that much differently. I suppose we would sort of wear different clothes and we would have a different attitude. We were a community and, and, and served ourselves, served the community together. We had, I think, about 800 acres and we had schools and we had businesses and we had uh, a temples and, and a retreat center for people to come. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, oh, that's gradu- great. where was that? This was in Northern California near, near where oh. I'm still living. Okay. Okay. That's really neat. So many people now are waking up to the desire, uh, to be in a conscious community, to live in a conscious community. Um, as people are realizing that sometimes they don't really fit in, especially my tribe, you know, they don't really fit yeah. in necessarily with with their neighbors or friends and family not that they don't love them but they they really would love to be surrounded by a community who gets them and 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 you know they get them as well um that you know that the the quality of the water is important and the food and the spirituality and you know the harmony and um the even the commerce you know being on the same uh resonance so um, is there a reason why you left that community aside from, you know, uh, dissolving that marriage? Um, yes, it was, it was just my time to leave. It was, it was not that there was, there, there was, I mean, there were things that went on that I could uh, speak to as far as, uh, well, I don't really want to speak to, but I mean, you know, that we could say was a cause, but ultimately, the fact is, is that it was just my time to move on for me to to experience other things. And, and uh, I appreciate what you're saying about this view and looking for a community life and looking for a life. And I would say from my point of view that, that we need to learn to find that within ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and like my view of community, uh, having traveled to 56 countries and and, and entering a lot of countries with this passport thing is that is that the borders are all man made and and that the people oh, yeah. are the same every uh, people are the same everywhere you must know that if you uh, from asian if you had asian descent and, and experience 
that people do the same everywhere, and uh, and the, this is just man-made borders. And so I ended up realizing that in the particular tribes that say, this is my community, in making this statement, this is my community, then you're making the, the similar statement that this isn't my community. And so you're mm. making a border. And I didn't oh. find that... I didn't find that to be particularly helpful for me. I'm not saying that's why I left. I'm saying that why I left is that it was just my time. It was just that that some circumstances had happened, but the the other side of it was is that my uh my work as a you know, parents, not that the work as a parent ever ends, but the work as a parent was kind of over. The kids were kind of grown and on their own. And, mm. and, and it was a, a time for me to do different things. And I ended up um, having a business for 12 years of importing um, uh, handicrafts. I would go to third world countries, you know, India, Nepal, Thailand, and Bali were the main ones, and mm-hmm. buy beautiful things to bring back and sell in the U.S., which was something that I had. I, we had had a store uh, during our time, a, a gift shop, which sold everything, and now I, I created a wholesale version of it in order to be able to support myself and to support at the tops. We had 200 stores that we sold wholesale to didn't do wow. hardly any retail and uh, that was a dream you know i suppose it was a it was a a transition lifestyle and it enabled me to travel wherever i wanted to go which was really really fun and ex- exciting at that particular uh, those that particular time Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I really love what you said about, um, you know, like there's so many people who are desiring that uh, conscious community so they can feel a certain way. And what you're saying is that, you know, that can happen within you and not necessarily require a huge change in environment in order for you to feel that same way or be able to, um, yeah, just, just that creating borders being that artificial. Um, and that may be why I'm not in one of those conscious communities, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that there's definitely a skill well, set and, and um, maybe a little bit more of a challenge to be centered and, and calm in the midst of other energies and environments um, and not create a boundary, having healthy boundaries, yes, but not creating a, a border per se um, and be able to interact peacefully with all. So that's a really great point that you made. Thank you. Yes. I, I think the thing is it's like a marriage or a relationship. You know, you must have done some relationship counseling, you know, is it, that people want to solve their problems with another person. And it doesn't really, it just creates uh uh, complexity because now you've got their problems. And so I'm not to say that all communities are about problems, but there is, you know, it's like, it's the old, you know, when you have the, you know, when you have the time, then you don't have the money. And when you have the money, then you don't have the time. And so, you know, which is the chicken and which is the egg. And so I say that the community wasn't great experience for me living in an ashram. What I really learned was being a disciple, and I and it may be that 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 most of your listeners, you know, they don't think in terms of discipleship in terms of their uh, spirituality. But but we mm-hmm. we had an experience having an Indian teacher that we 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 were disciples, we were uh, students of a particular path, and and in that discipleship, we learned uh, a lot through our experiences of surrender, surrendering to 
ideas uh, that were outside ourselves uh, to to perhaps authorities. I don't want to get too much into that. That's maybe part of it, but but it's a it's a willingness. It's not actually a surrendering in the sense of giving up and giving your power, giving what what people call their power away. You're mm-hmm. actually just diverting it onto somebody else, and it's not much different than in a relationship where it's like you want to eat, you want to watch the game, and the wife says. Um, you know, let's go do something else. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's just part of, 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 of life is part of living is the is give and take and learning and growing. And so um, that the, that the discipleship in the, in the years after the community, that what distinguished the experiences we had was being this disciple and learning about learning to uh, forgive our own needs and to put them aside and to, and to think and learn larger terms. Mm, okay. Got got it. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. Um so for folks listening in, um Indra's website is indrarinsler.com, which is spelled I N D R A R I N Z L E R dot com and um we'll talk a little bit more about um what you you know what you do um to help people um to, that are um students of yours or, or um that work with you. Uh, but first, let's talk about um, this whole idea of waking up to your true self. What does that actually mean? Well, uh, what it means to me is that, uh, is that we, we identify with um, our particular needs, our personality, our, our gender, our, our socioeconomic status, and we think that that's who we are. And those are, those are temporary definitions, and those particular definitions don't really work for us in the long term, that there is a, there is a stage where they're helpful. When you're in a stage of uh, apathy and a stage of grief, then then having a, uh, a, a self-interest, having a selfish direction is, 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 ener- is energetic, and it's really a, a wonderful, um, it, it's a positive stance, it's a positive growth. But uh, but eventually you get to a place where you're just living for the for the ego that you're that you're defining yourself by your ego you're defining yourself by who you think you are and that you, and and that we make our needs to be the most important and uh, then you know then then we don't find your buzzwords you know the joy peace truth uh, harmony they they don't really come they're they're stories and they're temporal and I remember. I don't know when it was, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I remember thinking that what isn't that what that that lasts, you know? I mean, we could have a meal and then we get and it's a great meal and it's like the best meal I've ever had. But son of a gun if it isn't like Thanksgiving dinner and somehow we eat the turkey the next day. We eat all the same meal the next day. We're not really <laughs> satisfied. And as as wonderful as intimacy in, it's it's kind of frustrating because it's it's, you know, it may last an hour, it may last a week, it may last a month or even a year, but it, but at some point we, we look to have that experience again. And so we can go on a wonderful trip and it's the best trip we've ever had. And it's like, I'm totally complete. And then we go on the next trip and we have this, and we have uh, similar experiences in the sense of it being uh, 
uh, unique and, and breathtaking and, and going to even better place. And so what is it that, that lasts, that, 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 that isn't the end, that, that, is, that, that puts all these, you know, need to have better, greater, more? Well, what puts that aside? And, and the only thing that puts it aside is coming into our true self, living in the moment, because because the moment is always new and the moment is complete and there's nothing missing and there's there's no need for, for anything. There's no need to do anything. There's no need for things to be any different than they are. And I found that to be a, a much better goal and a much better place to live and a way to live than the continual ego looking for um, – you know, new experiences and, and, and greater, greater experiences and more teaching and teachers and, and whatever it is that we do, you know, bigger crystals, uh, (laughs) different crystals, you know, I'm just, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but just the idea of, of just the idea of this experience that we go through the better relationship, the bigger house. I, I, I tell my clients that, I'm not interested in making a better life. The better life will come when you, when you live in the moment, the better life will come. But, but the, the, the idea that most of us were living in a prison of a, of a, we can make it nicer with a bigger TV and we can make the prison bigger (laughs) as a bigger house and, uh, and the new and exciting relationship. And we've learned all, now we've learned all the lessons that we aren't going to make any mistakes, but yet they still, we still, the relationship ends up not being what we thought it was going to be. And so how do we get off of that wheel? And the way that we get off of that wheel is to, is to come into the moment, is to come into uh, uh, the, the, the true self and the true self, uh, the, the higher self, the, the essence, the spirit soul that we are when we come into that and live in the world. I'm not suggesting not living in the world in this present world. I'm I'm totally into being in the world, but, but not with the, with the goals and the agenda of the, of the ego or personality or mind, because those things don't really, they don't, they don't really, they settle one set of problems, but then they bring in another. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that the, you know, being in the now or being fully present in the now is naturally going to, um, you know, manifest um, something in the quote unquote future that is more desired rather than necessarily having all these egoic desires now and trying really hard to like create them or manifest them? Yes, and essentially that's a, a beautiful point, uh, Karen. Is is that there is a magnetism? It's a higher vibration, and and in that higher vibration, living at a higher level of consciousness, and in that higher level of consciousness, then then you surround yourself with the things that are the higher vibrations that you that you 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 you, you consciously or unconsciously are. Um, are, are directed into vibrations that are higher, that are energies that are better for us, that, uh, that, that, that bring us into a, 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 a broader view of our life to where we can find that the, you know, that sweet smile, you know, we see our neighbor or we see our kid or grandkid and they, they do something and we just have that sweet smile on our face that people, wonder where we're going with that but the thing is is you're just so complete in the moment you're complete with what the experience is to to actually have you had that 
the rhetorical question. Have you had that experience of being completely satisfied that you don't need your life to go on, that it's completely beautiful and complete in this moment. I've had that experience. Mm. I remember uh, I was in New Zealand uh, one time. I I traveled around in the North Island for a week, uh, going about 50 miles a day. And I remember on Friday afternoon, Friday uh, evening, early evening, I got to a place back on now on the West Coast. And uh, there was a bench. I was sitting on a bench high above the I could see the uh, the ocean, and uh, I could see down the land, down and then out to the ocean. And I thought the moment, the thought came in this moment that I didn't really need to. If I never get up off this bench, hmm. my life is complete. Hmm. Wow! Wow! So some people will. Um you know, have their mind in the way. And, and I, I, you know, I was an expert at that. <laughs> and to some degree still am. I can think about, well, Indra, what about goals? You know, our coach says that we should be making goals. So does that fly in the face of being in the now? So if someone well, has a goal to be healthier or mm-hmm. to create a school for autistic kids or, you know, is that, is that, is that counterproductive? Well, uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I have clients that come to me and they want to know their purpose. And, and my particular focus is that purpose is mostly about ego, that, it, that, 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 that the higher self doesn't have a purpose. I mean, maybe we, maybe we come here with a purpose, you know, the purpose is to grow, you know. I don't think the purpose is to start that. I mean, it may be to start that school, but it may not be. And, and I think that a lot of this whole idea of purpose and I need to do, a lot of that's in the ego. And so I don't really listen to that so much. I mean, I've got things that I want to do, that I'm directed to do, and, and I don't, feel they don't come from the mind and so there's a there's a a when you have to do it then it's probably not your your higher self i think that Mm -hmm. that's mostly ego i think that Mm -hmm. when you're in the place of surrender and i can do it or not do it then i think then 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 your higher self is taking over and so then 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 you do it or you don't do it but you don't but you don't have the it's not in waking up that you don't have personality. It's that you're not attached to the personality and you're not attached to the compulsions or the obsessions of the personality. They just are. And they can, and you can co you can coexist with, with the mind and with the ego uh, because you need the ego. I mean, uh, we need a little bit of arrogance, you know, I kind of, I call arrogance as a little bit of starch, you know, 20s and 30s arrogance is pretty nasty, but in 50s and <laughs> 60s, you know, we need a little bit of arrogance in order to stay in the body because if we don't have that, then we just go, you know, we just say, okay, I'm coming home, you know, and mm-hmm. and and that's okay too if that's where you're at. But uh, 
the thing is is that uh, is that that when there's a compulsion to do something, then that's probably not the higher self. That's probably the ego, and and you have to. I'm I'm sure you spend you've had shows, and you probably do it in your own work. You know where you help people to to learn the difference between the mind between this ego and and their higher self and it's pretty subtle and and how you 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 notice is i mean i like to say that i i stopped years ago i stopped making decisions with my mind i make them with my gut they're all mm. how do i feel and what do and not what do i think you know should i right should I, eat? should I eat now or should i eat later well I don't make it with my mind. I make it with the gut. And and what should I do? You know, should I, should I come on Karen's podcast or shouldn't I? Well, there's no thinking involved. You know, there's either I do or I don't, but it's, it's not a thinking process. It's not a figuring out. It's not a trying to understand. It's not a, it's mm-hmm. not a, you know, well, this will look good on my resume and this won't look good on my resume. And, and uh, you know, is, is she worthy of me? Is she not worthy of me? Am I worthy of her? I mean, I just bypass all that uh, anymore that um, I either feel to do it or I don't. And, it's, and it becomes a very simple process. Right. It actually uh, saves time and energy. Uh, when we can tap into that. And I find that in the past, I was very, I mean, you know, given my book smartness, um, I was really good at making charts and, you know, like making decisions based on all the data points, all the left brain mind, you know, generated points. Well, this is good, this is good, this is well, this is not so good. So I think this this decision has 56 points and this decision has 80 points. You know, I'll go with the one with 80 points, you know. (laughs) Like I, I could be that detailed in the past, but it took a lot of energy. It took a lot of time. And as I've, you know, shifted over uh, because, you know, there seems to be time speeding up, at least my perception that um, this is not very efficient. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So by going within now, the way I do it is just, you know, be fully embodied. So that's my way of going to full presence. And now is just to feel, my body because I tend to be very heady. So I, I've got tons of ideas all the time. My mind's going, you know, and so when I come uh, back to the body, just pay attention to the body. That's my way of slowing down and being in the now. Um, I just find that the guidance, so-called, you know, quote unquote guidance that's received is just more of a neutral. Oh, this sounds like a good idea, you know, and, and then I'm not thinking so hard as I did before trying to make a decision because, before it was very stressful and of course I couldn't make the right decision when I'm in the state of stress. Um, so learning to do it differently has been very empowering. So I hear you on that. Yeah. And you can't make a wrong decision. <laughs> That's the we'll ultimate say one, truth. one that I prefer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The yeah. ego of course, you, does have preferences, you, right? Yeah, the ego has preferences, but you can't really make a wrong decision. You can only make it. You may make a decision that wasn't that that didn't turn out to be the the right decision. But but in in how do you find out is by making the wrong decision. You know, you've got to right. fall down a few times in order to know what the ground feels like. I mean, there's no other way yeah. to do it, and and there's no there's no shame in that. You know, this is just being human, and so we we learn to. We learn to adjust our thinking. We learn to adjust. I mean, I don't listen to the thinking anymore. As soon as the mind starts going off in, well, this will be that, and that, I say, I don't want to hear it. You know, it may be true, it may not be true, but I don't really want to hear it. I don't really want to go into it, and uh, I don't find that it's a uh, that, that they have had enough experience with it to realize that it 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 isn't. Um, 
it isn't where I want to go. Mm. Well, you know, I heard something growing up, and maybe you could speak to this uh, specifically because I know other people have had similar experiences growing up. So my mom used to say, uh, you know, there's a saying, learn from your mistakes. But I think learn from other people's mistakes is much better. (laughs) You don't make the same mistake, right? And then I believed that for most of my life, and but then I realized that what I was doing was trying so hard not to make a mistake, you know, trying to look at other people's quote unquote perceived mistakes and go, well, don't do that. And don't do that. And don't do this. You know, and one of the perceived mistakes that my parents that I made was to divorce. So, oh. you know, cause in our culture and it was still fairly new, even though, you know, we grew up in Canada. Um, I might've been the second out of all my parents' friends who, who has who, and their kids who actually got a divorce. So it was like a, almost like a shameful thing in our culture. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so, you know, my parents literally cried. I mean, I cried because they were crying. <laughs> you know, they were sitting on the kitchen table. They were crying and they were like, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're making the mistakes that other people make. You should be learning from other people's mistakes, you know? And my body was like saying, mm, well, guess what? You could either continue on this track of what you're doing and, continue to be sick and maybe, you know, kill yourself, or you could try something completely radically different and take responsibility uh, for your life. And so that decision was really, really hard to make. So uh, if you could like, you know, share a little bit of wisdom related to this whole, is it better to, you know, follow, you know, make your own mistakes uh, or try not to make other people's mistakes so you'll have a better life. So I (laughs) I think that if your goal is to be neurotic, then I think that I would continue on this path in this discussion. <laughs> but if your goal is to get rid of neurosis, then I would just stop it. I would just stop it immediately. Other people's mistakes, your mistakes, just learn, you know, the, 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 the cut the barrier down that other people, that there's a barrier between me and other people that, that, mm. That they're, that they're not any mistakes, that you can't make a mistake, that that's a mistake is to think that we can make mistakes. Can we make better decisions? Absolutely. Can we, can we shortchange? Uh, can, can, we, can we learn something uh, quicker? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we made a mistake by not being quicker. And, and when we compare ourselves to other people, that's, that's also neurosis uh, developing. Mm, uh, really common. I would let go of that too. That, that that the point isn't to find the better way. The point is to let go of all of these. You know, it isn't to keep comparison. That that that. Let me let me spend a year deciding whether my mistakes are more important than other people's mistakes. I, I just let go of the whole discussion. That that the fact is is that uh, it is what it is, and uh, and it's an incredible piece in that there it is what it is and that I don't need it to be any different than it was or that it is. And, and that, that if I were, you know, if I were, um, if I, uh, how do I want to say it, that I would already be awakened if I was, you know, if it was the right time and that I had done everything that I needed to be and do. Mm. And if I'm not, then there's more to do and it's just it's that simple and i don't have to go into any more than that the re- beyond there is just uh beating ourselves up for no reason no good mm-hmm. reason <laughs> well let's but expand I'm, on that 
but I mean, 50, you know, 50, I've been doing it 50 years, you know, and I, I was in a lot smarter today than I was yesterday and, and, and a lot of yesterdays. And, and how do we learn? We learn by, by what we call mistakes and mistakes have a, a tremendous amount of conditioning going on in the world. But, but, but besides your, your ethnic conditioning and your, and your country conditioning, there's a, and you know, the family conditioning, there's your, you know, your own ideas of your buddies and what you see in media and, you know, and what happens in other parts of the world and, you know, you know, all of these things, you know, uh, we got to see through it all, let it go because it just, um, it's debilitating, you know, it just takes your breath away. It, 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 it makes, it makes it really difficult to be really happy because, because you're, you're, you you, you don't, you have to find a way to, to, to claim a victory rather than, you know, continually thinking that there's, uh, that I'm doing things wrong and that I'm not good enough it, because that's a, that's a, that's a deal ender right there. That's, that's a, that's a box. that's really hard to get out of. Right. And I, I had, you know, reinforced steel cages on my box. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and you've gotten out of it as much as you've gotten out of it. And, and there probably will be more and that doesn't make us a good or a bad person, you know, until the until, you know, it isn't that we, you know, the, the, it isn't that we get to a place and then we say, Oh, I'm a good person. It's you're a good person. Uh, you know, you can, you can be a good person and be in prison. You know, you, you can be a good person that does bad things, but that doesn't mean that you're not a good person. You know, that there isn't some, something that your heart is beating, that your nails grow, that your, that your body digests, that you're, you're, you're in the body and there's a, there's a value for it. And we have absolutely no idea what, um, why we're here i mean we may think we have ideas but we don't really ultimately know why we're here or what we're supposed to learn and it may be that that we're supposed to you know when we get to that that particular point where in the path where there's two directions and then we end up choosing the wrong direction and that might have been why we came here to get to that fork was to take the wrong path in order to realize what the right path is Oh, I think I was muted. Oops. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Indra, can you hear me okay now? I can hear you, yes. Okay, great, yes. I think I stood up and hit the hit the mute button on my, <laughs> on my not, headset. You know, there's. Uh, I was talking about the fork in the road, and there's a fork in the road. And I'm not saying that we took the wrong fork, you know. It had a, it had a, a purpose, and I have no idea what the purpose is, and that doesn't mean that it, that, that that I'm good or bad or you're good or bad. Yes. I, things, I find that the judgment. Things is, happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Now I do have a, a, a question from um, one of the folks on the chat. Um, so Taka says, what about deep inner yearnings? Do you think that's ego? Like, you know, deep yearnings from the heart and gut, not head. Um, but something inside that says there's something more without specifics, like not an outside world kind of driver thinking, maybe she says, maybe I'm fooling myself. <laughs> like, what do I do with that? You know, this deep inner well, yearning that there's something more. 
so there is a there is a part of the heart that's connected to the head and so it may be and so so that when people say well no i really feel it in my heart and i say well there's part of the heart is connected to the head and so that's that could be your desire and uh my my feeling my intuition is what i'm getting is is that she she the, the, the yearning is true but it may not be what she's yearning for that's true in other words there is a yearning but it may not be uh, to have the relationship, to have the beautiful body, to have the the bigger house. That may not be the true yearning. That the, the work is to figure out what is what is the true yearning. The the true yearning could be to let go of her uh, her of her uh, feel of her of her need to be in a relationship, to be in a bigger house, to not be content where she is. And what was the third example I used to to have the you know to have. It may not be the job that she wants, but it may be she needs to get out of the job that she's in. Mm-hmm. Is that clear? Uh, it's getting there. <laughs> I think that so, uh, we, we don't have details of what she means by that yearning, but um, she feels like the yearning spiritually based and none of that material stuff she just wrote in. Okay, so so the material based is, is yes, that could be the – that's probably the higher yearning, and now the question is what do you do? And so the yearning right. isn't enough. The yearning is is that I'm not content with where I'm at. And so the the thing is, is what do I do with that? Is 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 maybe you do nothing. Maybe you, you you. I mean, you don't have to change anything. It's not about. May not be about moving. It may not be about new job. It may be that you just that there's a that 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 there is a true yearning inside to to know yourself on a higher level and. And I would take a look at whatever you feel isn't in tune with that yearning and let it go. Mm. To live only yes. for that yearning, to, to what will satisfy that yearning and whatever satisfy, doesn't satisfy that yearning, let it go. That you can use that as a, as a uh, what do you call it when you're finding water? You know the the twig that uh, a dousing tool. A dousing, yeah. yeah. Use it yeah. as a dowser to that yearning. Use it as a dowser to to think. Well, okay, a, a new dress. No, that isn't it. Uh, a spiritual book. Yeah, that's it. You know. So so whatever it is, use it as a dowser to find out what you know where you what, what's what's true within you and use that that yearning is beautiful that could be very much um god's voice you know mm. it could be a a, a a spirit calling you the spirit inside you your higher self calling is to let to let go and to wake up from the dream that you're in you know to to totally change your life which doesn't mean that you move it could be that you just you just do all the things that you've wanted to do that you're not doing, you do them. And you don't let your small voice, I'm not good enough, no one listen, um, you know, I'm not very musical, whatever it is, you just you just stop it, you know, you just stop listening to it, you know, even if the voice doesn't, even if the mind doesn't uh, stop, you just don't listen to it anymore, you know, it's like you, you turn off when you're listening to radio or TV and you get the program you don't like, you turn it off. You have the awareness to, to turn it off. So it's not in your space anymore. And you have to do the same thing with your mind. At some point, you have to let it know that you're not really interested, that it can keep going 
la, 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 but I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I think some people, including myself, uh, had the vision of, you know, people saying, you know, the, the, the power of the presence, you know, Eckhart Tolle, you know, and I'm thinking, well, Eckhart Tolle, like, sat, sat or laid on a park branch for two years with nothing and was yeah. perfectly content. And I was like, hmm, I just really have a hard time picturing myself doing that <laughs> or being that way. Um, and so I think it's, it's kind of a disconnect for some people to imagine, wow, what do you mean fully present? Does that mean that I just sit there and don't do anything and that all my desires are just egoic or like, you know, aside from I'm hungry and my body needs nourishment. I mean, aside from that, you know, like dreams, like people's dreams, um, are they all egoic? Should we not have dreams? Should we just be completely content with our whatever's happening in this moment and not, you know, uh, work towards our dreams? Well, you, nice to have, wonderful to have dreams. But the thing is, is that that this is uh, this this whole thing that you lay out, Karen. Here, this is this is it gives me a headache. You know, it's like. I don't want to. I don't want to anymore inside my head. Go into this. Oh my God, I'm doing the wrong thing, and I need to do that. And what if I surrender, and then I'll have nothing? And let it all go. It doesn't matter. You know, it's tr- It's about trust. It's about leaping the gorge. There's no way to get to the other side of the gorge. You have to have the faith to just leap. And at some point, you just don't care. You know, the people who who have woken up, what they have in common is that they had an intention that they didn't stop and that they, and that they weren't trying to hold back and they weren't trying to keep small and they weren't, they weren't worried about the future, this, and what's going to happen that. And it's, how did we get here? You know, did we have anything to do? You know, if I'm older than you, I can tell you that the world existed before you got here. You know, I can't say it existed (laughs) before I got here, but I can tell you, you know, I do remember, you know, headlines and newspapers from the early 50s, you know, and and being at events, you know, uh, the 1952 World Series. I was there, you know, it happened. Wow. I didn't read about it. I was there. So the thing is, is that and, and, and if you're younger, you may be here after I and maybe we'll connect later and you'll say, yeah, the world continued. And so. The thing is, is that, is that we just, we have to trust. We didn't get ourselves here. We didn't, we don't get ourselves out of here. The near-death experiences, people didn't do anything, you know. All they did was yeah. just experience it, you know. They didn't push a button. They didn't have the right thought. They didn't have the wrong thought. It's just what happened. And so you have to get to a place of uh, surrendering to what is with, with the result and not worry about the result, because we we just don't know, you know. I I traveled, uh, I traveled. Uh, like I said, I traveled twenty winters. We were here in the U.S. one winter, and then COVID came, and I stopped traveling. I haven't been anywhere. I've hardly been to town, and I'm happier than I was before, in a sense, you know. That <laughs> that it, nothing was taken away that I needed or wanted, and 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 I can I can travel to India whenever I want in my mind, you know, I can go, I can find some pictures. I can, I can play some satsangs, you know, some spiritual gatherings I was at if I want, I can go, I can even connect with people that I know from there that are maybe even still there, but um, I don't need any of it because I'm just happy where I am. And the fact that I, that I haven't, you know, if I go to town, it's a big deal anymore. 
uh, I'm just rather amazed at that Indra got to this place to where that this is okay. And, and I don't need it to be any different than it is or was. And if everything were to open up and I'd feel to go and travel again, then I would do that. And I wouldn't look on, my God, you wasted three years and you didn't go anywhere. And that's okay, too. Not a problem. So it's like that state of uh, being okay with everything, uh, even if, you know, the outside world tells you, oh, this is bad, this shouldn't happen, we need to fight for our freedom, we need to, you know, band together and unify against bad people, and like all that kind of stuff, <laughs> like just letting all of that attachment go. Uh, yeah, noise. Yeah, I would just uh-huh. let it all go myself. Um, I don't find anything. I mean, there may be things of value in it for some people. They may be at a stage where those banners are really important for them to have and to and to wave. But I don't think that it's important for me, you know, at this particular point. I may feel differently at another point. But uh, all I can do is is to go with what I know right now, and and so the fact is is that the not traveling has enabled me to to, to get into some other rhythms and some and some other uh, viewpoints. We we live on a two acre place that we have lived on for uh, about ten years, I think, and only since and we did a lot of traveling. So we would we used to come back and in our eight months here, we would, we would do 12 months worth of things, but son of a gun, when we're here all the time, you know, all of a sudden we cleaned up the tool shed that we had never thought about cleaning up the tool shed before. (laughs) And, and then, you know, we get this idea. I got this idea that we needed the tool shed to be bigger because we needed to, we needed more space and then we cleaned it up and it didn't need to be bigger, but there was still something happening is that we could put a table behind the tool shed and we could use it as a workspace for the greenhouse. And it never, it never occurred to us that we would have this workspace for the greenhouse, but only the thought of this table came. And so then we bought these tables that were in the greenhouse when we got the place we bought, we found a place to get those. That's five plastic tables that are great for the outside and we put them outside and now we use them for for doing projects and and they're wonderful part of our life that that we never occurred to us because we were never really here in the sense of we were always um traveling you know we were we were somewhere else and we get here then we kind of rush around with what we needed to do but as we slowed down then we we got into finer and finer things of making the life here more complete and 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 better and 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 uh you know just little little things that are the essence that they are the sum total of our life you know these little these little tables that i I used an example that they, you know, when my wife and I look at them, we just have a really warm glow in our heart because because we sort of laughed to ourselves that we had absolutely no idea what was happening, but we just listened to the gut within that, that we slowed down enough to be able to uh, to to feel the space. And we've had this in a number of areas that of uh, these little things here in our place that we've been able to make really nice improvements that were not they're not really consequential for a life they won't be on my tombstone but they made it's not <laughs> that they made my life better but the the process that particular process of learning to be in the moment and letting it flow is is a is a process then that I can take into my whole life and and um 
without without a need for it to be any different than than uh, thing the than the way things are. So. Um, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you're you know the example that you gave is perfect in that you know living in this way does not necessarily mean you're sitting on a on a log for the whole time and not doing anything, right? Like the guidance Absolutely. that is coming, uh, but you're not, you you may go, oh, this is seems like a good idea, but you're not attached to the form that it has to take. Uh, anytime, what you're saying is anytime we have this urge of it has to be this way or we're attached to an outcome or it should be this way, that's where we can get into that stress and neuroses and, you know, obviously not being in the moment. Um, and uh, in my experience, I've found that that is uh, the opposite of contentment and the opposite of, you know, calm and freedom. I yes, I would agree with that. I mean, it may, it may not be that way for everybody at every moment at every time. Sometimes, you know, we we learn that um, that we you know we think that we need to keep driving ourselves. We need to keep driving, driving, and driving. And we learn that when we let go, more things happen. And so, but it may be that the driving is what what that particular soul needs and needs mm-hmm. to not. Need, need to not ignore that. And, and so there isn't a one size fits all, you know, thank mm. God, you know, this, this whole idea of that, if I'll do what, what other people are doing. I'll learn from their mistakes. That's, that's, uh, that's conditioning. I don't know that that's, I mean, that's, that may be real in some situations, but in other situations, that's, that, that isn't, true you know that what other people go through i don't you know i want to avoid those you know i mean uh, i mean yes i mean by seeing their mistakes i may avoid them but i may not avoid them i may i may get a mental place and i may bring it to me something that i normally wouldn't bring to me right well and, and of course i listened to i chose you know to get a divorce and to have that experience and yeah it was very very difficult for my parents for sure and for me as well um however i would not be who i am today as happy as i am today had i not really taken action based on what i felt i needed to do then so this whole idea of you know if, if people get a divorce um you're gonna you know this is a mistake and and people are go- you know you're going to be unhappy you know because you made that mistake well i just found out that well I, that's not true yeah yes <laughs> and then the other me. side and then the other side is that you stay together so that other people won't be hurt yeah right yep <laughs> That, that, that's that's a, exactly what I would have done, except that I, my body was That's a bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, my body was failing me and and shouting loudly to me, giving me feedback like, uh, excuse me, but um, no. <laughs> I'm like, but, 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 but people are going to be upset if I do this. People are going to be upset if I do that, you know. Everything's about other people. And here's the other thing is, you know, Indra, I'm sure you've heard like growing up, it's like, oh, it's all about service, all about service to others and about giving and generosity and giving of yourself. In fact, I was at a church yesterday because my uh, friend was, it was his birthday and um, and it's a Baptist church I'd never been to, but we were there to like cheer him on because he plays the drums, you know, and the, the preacher literally said, you know, how to slide up and just say, you know, one of our, um, one of our um, core values in this church is um, sacrificing and I, it just didn't resonate with me Um, Uh probably because I did a lot of that, you know, I did a lot of that growing up and unfortunately I was very unhappy. And when I'm unhappy, I realize now that I'm no good to anybody, even though I think I'm generous. 
So I decided to be happy. <laughs> well, we, 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 we don't have any other choice but to kind of unwind these uh, strings, you know, it's like pickup sticks, you know, or unwinding a yarn of ball. We have to keep or peeling the onion. We have to keep going and finding our own truth in all of this, finding what, what is the truth as far as, um, uh, what we need to do because because what other people need to do may not be what we need to do and and we may hear a completely different drummer it may be that we need to listen to the same drummer that it's really easy for us to listen to our own drummer but we need to listen to other people's drummers uh, the, the 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 much of life is counterintuitive it's it's the opposite of what we would think well and, and also the the conditioning right like we're told we are selfish um, and nobody necessarily desires that kind of negative feedback, like in terms of you know, finding your own truth and living from your own truth and all those kinds of words. Sometimes we'll get that feedback from well-meaning, you know, family and friends is that, well, you're sure. selfish. Uh, yes. Well, self-care. we need to be, the, the thing is, is that we need to be selfish to a degree. And there's a degree where we need to not be selfish, and so it gets complicated because it isn't a, it isn't a, uh, it isn't, you know, a, a, a truism that it's one way or the other. You know, that the person who is always giving up and accommodating other people, they need to learn to be selfish. They need to learn to stand up for their own beliefs. They need to learn to do what they, what their call, what their inner calling is. They need to tell other people no because they don't do that. And then there are other people who are very strong within themselves that they need to let go of all of that. That they they tend to be very that that selfish is easy and self centered. Well, self centered is easy. I won't say selfish, but self centered is easy. And that they need to let go of that and they need to be more aware of of uh, other people's. Uh, needs and and opinions and and it's not a it's not a one size fits all you know in the end uh, it's we're all the same size but it, how to get there is is everybody's got their own you know set of uh, conditions and the conditioning you know um, having trouble with conditioning is you know, a, a certain percentage of the population has a problem with that. It was never really my my particular situation. I didn't believe any of it. You know, maybe to my own, <laughs> maybe to my own uh, fault. Like you. <laughs> I didn't really I believe, believe any of it. I believe in thinker. <laughs> yeah. Well, so in astro- <laughs> so in astrology, it's an empty seventh house. The so people that have an empty seventh house, that's the the house of relationships, is that. When that's empty, then they 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 have trouble seeing through conditions. The good the, the, the they have trouble seeing through conditioning, and that relationships isn't really it's so isn't so important to them. It isn't that they won't have relationships, but it isn't really so important. And and so when they get this, you need to get married. You know, like a woman, you need to get married. How will you take? How will you be taking? You need somebody to take care of you. They don't really believe that. And and but the fact is, it may take them until fifty or sixty years to realize it. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So Lil here has made some uh, awesome comments. She said that for her family, uh, COVID was the best thing that happened to them, despite the loss of family members and friends. Uh, For her, it was uh, a perspective to view life as half full, not half empty. And she also says that, um, you know, yes, finding our own truth and live from that belief and perspective, selfish is self-care for many of us. And uh, she also says that, uh, 
you know, that's why I contend that our shadow self attributes and characteristics have great value. Yeah, because I, I, I was one that was just running away, <laughs> the opposite direction, anything that was even the smacking of uh, negativity, shadow, whatever, but I was actually running away from myself uh, or that, you know, part of me that needed healing. Um, and so now I really appreciate that, that part of me who is there to protect me, is there to stand up for me, you know, um, the one that was told uh, was selfish. So thank you, Lil, for your um, comments. Yeah. Beautiful comments, and I, I want to say that it wasn't anything about COVID. It was, you know, the COVID. It was just the fact that I couldn't travel and and didn't didn't feel to, and so we stayed here, and wonderful things happened. And it uh-huh. it was just the COVID time. It had nothing to do with COVID this or COVID that. It just was. Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate her point of view. She's really uh, uh, seems to have. Uh, I don't know, a good head on her shoulders, you know. She seems to have a really positive, really good attitude, so congratulations. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. she's done her work. She's, yeah, she's definitely done her work, and uh, she's also a natural comedian, so we're all <laughs> – uh, she's in my uh, light medicine community, and uh, we love Lil because okay. she, she's so funny. And uh, one day I said, you got to do a stand-up. You know, well, I'll show up <laughs> for the stand-up routine. It's so, it's so good. You don't you don't see too many uh, comedians that that are really do spiritual uh, spirituality stand-up that well. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I think it's kind of fun when somebody does. Uh, Indra, let's talk a little bit about your services that you have. Um, so Indra uh, Rinsler dot com i n d r a r i n z l e r dot com, and uh, let's talk about some of the things that you provide and how you help people. So uh, at the same time, 50 years ago, when I started going, more than 50 years ago, I started going to these metaphysical bookstores in in Berkeley, California. I also found astrology books, and uh, I had an immediate attraction to astrology. Uh, I was a numbers person as a kid, so I I, I can sort of relate it that way. It could have been that, uh, that I've done this before. Though I can't, you know, I'm not uh, saying that, but but whatever, I've, 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 I felt a calling in astrology, and I studied it very intensely for about three or four years, and then I got to a place where um, I didn't really know how to take it any further. There was no internet at the time, and I had read books, but I I felt a a closing of that door in the sense of. Uh, I didn't know where, where to go further with it. And uh, and the spirituality was becoming stronger and stronger. I was moving in those directions. But then as I was getting ready to leave the community, then the astrology came back. And it came back as Vedic astrology, the astrology of India. And, and I'd always wanted to share with people from astrology. We did readings in the 70s, uh, or we tried to do. We did our version of readings in the 70s. And... Um, and so I ended up doing this this astrology. Most of what I do now is is in in the astrology readings are. I mean, I've read a lot of books and I've and I've studied the history extensively. And then I kind of made up my own thing. And I won't say I made it up. What I would say is is that uh, that an, uh, the, the, my approach came to me. It was intuition. It was given to me, and and I had to learn to be to to a lot of what listeners will think of as astrology is not things that I'm particularly using. I'm not using oh. a lot of the techniques that that are commonly occurring. For example, if if uh there are Facebook groups 
with 50,000 people and people will write in questions and and everybody will talk about their aspect that they say well why is this and somebody will say well it's that your that your uranus is square to your saturn and da 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 <laughs> and i don't do any of that i don't really care i don't really do any of that what it, what, it, <laughs> okay. what came to me is just the the placement of the sign that the house that it's the sign that it's in the the planet the sign that it's in and the house that it's in and whether it's happy and comfortable in that sign or not comfortable in that sign, that it has a high side where we live out the highest aspects of the planet and on the low side, the lowest aspects of the planet. And we, we feel trapped and that's our compulsions and our obsessions. And it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's relatively a simple astrology, but I found it to be really deep because this was the, the key that I was given to help people to wake up to who they are, that if you, that if you give them aspect this and aspect that, and I'm sure many out there have had this experience of reading or listening to an astrologer and having no idea what they're talking about. That's uh-huh. not really so helpful. What is helpful. Uh, thank you for saying that. <laughs> what is helpful. <laughs> is, sometimes. Yeah. So what is helpful is to get them to understand their motivation, to get them to understand uh-huh. Their, their story that so so you you seem to have a a monkey mind from from what you're saying whether you do or you don't isn't the point but let's just say you have a monkey mind and so and so if you have a monkey mind it could be that you have a bunch of planets in your third house it could be that you have that your mercury is is uh is uh afflicted a bit you know for whatever reason and maybe you go to self you go to low self-esteem when you when your mind starts going and so the mercury and sun would be conjunct so that when you go to the low side of mercury feeling that you that 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 you that you're not understood and that you don't communicate well or you hold your tongue and don't say what you feel and that you have self-esteem issues at the same time that's because they're conjunct and so by under by understanding that the hope is that by understanding it both mentally and then understanding it in your body to recognize where you, how you, um, how those energies play out, the hope is that uh, to get you to observe that in order to be able to let it go. And that's the, that's the entire process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, when people work with you, you help them with this piece of astrology with the Enneagram tool as well? Yes, we 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 spend uh, in the life reading. It's three modalities. I spend three hours. I take about an hour and a half to take them through their enneagram uh, personality point. This is their their uh, the enneagram means nine sided figure. There are nine points, nine personality types. There are nine core stories. This is the this is the the nine stories. It's not just an archetypal system. I believe it's the archetypal system. And I spend an hour and a half taking them through the the core triggers of this particular story, the motivations. Well, how do you, how do you, um, how do you, what are your red flags and what, how do you manipulate others and, and, and where, how do you uh, keep yourself from, from being present in the moment, the conditions that you put on yourself and, and taking them through that in a way, in a, in a, a transcendental way so that they can experience, they can feel it and experience it. And the hope is that they're going to, they're going to be vulnerable enough to cry and to feel the pain of it in order to understand this process that's going on in order to let them release it. And so it isn't that the personality will change. It's that the, um, 
It's that you won't have the obsessions and the compulsions. You won't do it. You won't do, you still have your preferences, but you won't do it out of obsession or compulsion. Mm, interesting. Now, Lil has a question uh, related to the astrology. She said, I had a natal chart done in 79, but it never, never really made sense to me. Uh, your astrology approach is definitely different from what I have experienced. I'm intrigued. Going to check out your website. Thanks for all you've shared. Um, Indra, how does what you do differ from a birth or natal chart? Is it more in depth or from a different point? So, of no, it is a natal chart, but it's, but it's, it's, not, it's not a regurgitation of all of the possibilities of the conditions that will inflict you. It's, it's used as a tool to give you your strengths and your weaknesses in order to help you to wake up to, you, to your truths based on the positioning of your charts. It's a, it's a particular a combination of planets that we have that tell a particular story, and that story is your particular story. By the way, Lil, I see she's a keeper. Uh, thank you very much. That's the same lady. Yeah, I love her. I love her question. She's a keeper. I know. (laughs) So, so yeah. So that's the problem is, is that that uh, most many astrologers talk over everybody's heads. The purpose isn't to explain to them how much, you know, the purpose (laughs) is to help them to know it. (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know, um, I had my human design read recently and it was wonderful. The only thing is I didn't have my, birth time and she said um she had somebody that she she referred me to a vedic astrologer who could figure out my birth time uh, i muscle tested it but you know you know have somebody professional to do it so is what sure. you do does it require a birth time yes absolutely and yes i go through a process that um i find that that people have what they call a folklore time they say well i don't know my time i said well i say do you do you have an idea well they say i was born in the morning so i say like 5 a.m or 8 a.m and they say no like 5 a.m and so then we try that and son of a gun if it doesn't usually work out pretty well and and so yes we need a time we don't need the exact the exact time it's better if we do and it's more perhaps it's more important it's more important for human design which i've been getting into also there's some interesting things in human design but it's not really human design as far as i've gotten into it's not really astrology they they bring the planets in but it isn't the same astrology of, of getting into it the way we work a natal chart. I do Vedic astrology. It's astrology of India. My approach is not the approach of Vedic astrologers, nor is it Western astrologers. It's to, it's to, it's to simplify the chart in order to understand the, the, the strengths and weaknesses that we have in the personality. It's not who we are. It's who we think we are. It's, the, it's in the personality. And when we overcome the personality, then, then, then all of these um, uh, strengths and weaknesses become mute and not important. They're just, they're just uh, styles of being. And, and we're not into our style of being anymore. They're into the styles of being of our friends or our relatives or our, our mates. Mm. And... You know, it's just who we are without it needing to be right or wrong or found to be the best or the worst or any of it. Yeah, really taking the egoic piece out of all those different things because any tool can be used in an egoic way, (laughs) which may or may not. Absolutely. Um, So I I, I say at the beginning that the reading is essence to essence, that we're going to talk about personality, but we're not 
talking to the personality. We're talking from higher self to higher self that we're, that we're trying to get a perspective on the life in order to be able to let go of the attitudes that don't serve us in order to see them and then be able to let them go. And, and so it's, it's using it as a tool. I found it to be an incredible tool. And it's so interesting about astrology because you can, you can, you can say some nasty things about astrology, about astrologers and things that have been done and the black side of it. But the son of a gun, if no matter what reading you get, there is truth in it. And that, and that every astrology book has truth in them, even if it isn't, but none of them have complete truth. They all have partial truth. And, and so, and so no matter what anybody says, there is some truth in it. And they're telling you, they're telling us about, and as I use the example in the Facebook group, they're, they're, they're telling her, her Uranus is square to her Saturn because they found that to be useful. I don't particularly find it useful. It's, 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 I like to say, if your neighbor makes noise and it disturbs you, whose fault is it? (laughs) Well, yeah, you're the one that's disturbed. So right, and so the fact that your that Uranus is square to your Saturn, it doesn't have anything to do with Uranus. It has to do with your Saturn. <laughs> it has to do with the placement in the of the planet itself, not the fact that it's being affected by things outside. If we're going to let the things outside bother us, I mean, we spent an hour talking about this, Karen. That those aren't so important. That we're reacting to the outside is that we we take it in that that the point of it is to reflect back to us that we're we're disturbed that 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 we're mm-hmm. affected by what's mm-hmm. happening but the, but the blame if we're going to put blame we need to put it on ourselves not on the outside mhm yeah oh Lil has some more questions here <laughs> okay god bless you uh, yeah she says yeah she says talk to me like I'm 4 years old and understanding will be smoother lol <laughs> um okay so her question was or two questions um I was adopted. You did say question, right, Lil? So obviously this is going to be public. Um, I was adopted on the black market and do not have any birth info. Um, do you have? Have you done any natal charts for adopted people? If yes, did it reveal answers that may have remained hidden if it wasn't for the chart? So does, does she? Ha- I mean, she doesn't. Does she have a birth date, but not a time? Um, it sounds like her natal chart was done with what her mom made up, <laughs> um, oh. and she used like 9.05 a.m. Uh, Central yeah. Standard Time. Um, so, so, so Lil is, Lil is, Lil is going to put us into, uh, to this wonderful position of growing, you know, Lil, Lil helps people grow. There's no question about it because she, she's growing so much herself. And so the reality of it is we could take a look at that chart. And, and so the, the consequence is it may not be her chart, but the, but the reality of it is maybe that it, that it tells her what she needs to know. And mm. so the question isn't, is it my chart or not? The question is, is that what I would say, is it important to you or does it ring or doesn't it? And if right. it rings, it resonate, doesn't it resonate? Yeah, it doesn't resonate. That's the important thing. It isn't about whether it's the chart. The chart is a, it's symbolic. That's why people do mm. charts completely different ways. There's completely, there's many different ways of doing houses. People use different planets and people use asteroids. I don't do any, I don't use the outer houses, the outer planets. Uh, you know, Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, because to me, they move slow. 
they're they're more generational. They're not individual. I want to help you to wake up to who you are. And in doing that, I'm interested in the inner planets. I'm not interested in the outer planets. To me, they're more noise and distraction. Mm. Interesting. so everybody's going to do it differently, but yet somehow we all have um, – it ends up being a truthful, and um, and I would say that, you know, in her particular situation, I would try that chart that she's been given, and, and, and if not, you know, I can't say. I might come up with another chart for whatever reason, you know. We might find – if she knows the day – uh, or she's been given a day, we might find another time that might work better. But um, I have a feeling whatever she's been given is going to be, um, is going to have a truth for her and a depth for her. And uh, okay. that, and that I, and I believe that, and I don't need it. I don't need it to be any different than that. I don't need it to be any different than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's very cool. Um, Indra, it's been a delight having you on the show. Thank you so much for answering all the questions and for sharing your uh, wisdom and experience with us today. I'm very happy to do that. I'd like to, we didn't talk about this, but I'd like to leave an offer uh, for uh, for your listeners, uh, two free offers that if they're interested in learning about their Enneagram, I can send you for free a, a test, a simple test. It's a paragraph's it's about five or ten minutes, and uh, most of you will tell you your Enneagram number, and it will at least get you a closer to what the possibilities are. That's the first free offer. And the second one is I'll be glad to send you your, your astrology chart, your Vedic, your Indian astrology chart. And it's not a free reading, but I'll send you the chart, and I'll also give you some indicators on how you can start to work with it. Uh, that's free. I need three pieces of information. I need your birth time, your birth date, and your birthplace. So if either uh, on either of those offers, if you will just um, email me, send me an email with the, with your request and information, and I will send it back to you within a day or two. So okay, that's, that's great. That's for so anybody. That's, and that's the Indra Rinsler at gmail dot com or the that's contact it. on your on Indra your Rinsler website. Gmail dot com. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, and it's right on your contact page as well. Uh, fantastic. I did not know about that free gift. So thank you so much uh, for your generosity. And I want to thank everyone for listening in. Uh, take care, everyone. And thank you, Indra, again. Bless you. Uh, bless you, too. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.